you have your Bible, I hope you'll uh, look at some things with me this morning. Um, the uh, screen, I, I guess maybe I could have set this up if, if it wasn't there already, but you see where I'm getting at. But the same but different, that's what I want to talk about this morning. There's some things that, are, that seem to be the same, but in reality, they're very different. There, last week we talked about learning to discern between good and evil, right and wrong. And we do that through the exercise of our senses. We discipline ourselves through the Word of God and we learn to discern between good and evil. There are many things that look good and they can be uh, very convincing to people, but on a second look we realize they're not good. My goal and your goal in life, one of the things that will help to keep sin less and less a part of our experience, is to be able to determine between good and evil, to make that discernment, and then to have the conviction to, to follow through with, with our understanding. The um, gospel of Christ is the power of God unto salvation. We need to learn what that gospel is, what is the good news, and stay within the boundaries of that good news and not uh, be confused by other things. If I were to share with you just a description, you see what's on the board or what's on the screen ahead of me or above me. If I were to say, all right, I'm thinking of something has big long snout, has pretty big nose, uh, ears, two eyes, uh, sometimes black and white, they have four legs, they have a tail. All of those things sound like, I mean, if that's the only information you had, you could say, well, you're describing a cow. Or you could say you're describing a dog or a horse or a number of other animals. Those look pretty similar. But all of us know the difference between a horse and a cow. We know that those aren't the same thing, even though they have many similarities. And I want us, and I bring that to your attention this morning, because I want us to understand that God sees things um, and is able to make discernment in things that we might not be aware of. God looks at our hearts. There are a lot of things on the outside that just look like they're the same in one person and the next person. But the heart reveals that there is a vast difference. Some of the most scathing condemnations by the, the uh, God and the prophets of old come from those major and minor prophets both where they were doing right things, but the heart wasn't right. And God could see the heart. And so as we go through this lesson this morning, I want you to consider your heart and the the have the discernment to see the difference between things that look right and things that really are right. And let's begin right here. If you have your Bible, you might want to open it to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 1 through 3, and let's talk about benevolence for a minute. Benevolence, that's an area in which one can witness identical acts of kindness and compassion. A person can watch two people do the very same thing, to show the very same kindness, but that doesn't mean those acts of kindness stand equal in the eyes of God. 
How can that be? How can two people do the very same thing and one be right and the other be wrong? It goes back to the heart. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, the Bible talks about how that, well, there is a better way. Paul describes the, the miraculous gifts in chapter 12 and talks about what their use is and, and identifies them for us. But he says, you know, I, I wish you could all do these things. But even better than these miraculous gifts, there is a more excellent way. And it's the way of love. And there are people, he said, you know, if you gave your body to be burned, but you don't have love, <clears throat> you're as sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. You just make a noise. If you do great deeds, if you give all your money to the poor, if you even give your life so that others might live, but if you don't do it from the right heart, from the right motive, you're wasting your time. It doesn't mean anything in the eyes of God. So what I'm suggesting to you is that when you do good, do it from proper motive. Because God sees the difference. Man might think that they look the very same, but God knows they're different. A number of years ago, I had a man, uh, well, this isn't necessarily benevolence, but it'll show you the kind of thing that I'm talking about. A man called me before a gospel meeting where I was preaching, and he said, Steve, I'm, I'm calling to let you know that I'm going to be present tonight at your gospel meeting. And so I would like for you to call on me for prayer. But I don't want the closing prayer. I want the opening prayer so that I can sit up in one of these seats up here where people can see me. He really said that. I couldn't believe it. you got to be kidding me. You actually had the nerve to call me and invite yourself to be called on to pray and tell me that you want to sit, want to pray where you can sit up front so people can see you. Does that not sound like the parable that Jesus just quoted or was quoted in Luke chapter 18? Two men went down to pray. One was so humble, he wouldn't even lift his head to, to, eyes to heaven. He said, I'm a sinner. Please forgive me. The other man said, boy, I may not be perfect, but I sure am a whole lot better than this fellow over here. One went home justified. They were both sinners. They were both praying, doing identical things. But one went home justified and the other did not. God sees the heart. In Matthew chapter 6, verses 1 through 4, the idea of giving your charitable deeds. The idea, the mere suggestion, the idea, the brazenness of some guys who would blow a trumpet to get everybody's attention... And you turn around, what's going on? And it's just some guy dropping money in a collection plate. You're kidding me. You, you think that that would be a fact? You're going to draw attention to yourself so that everybody can see you put uh, money in the collection plates? He says, do your charitable deeds so that the left hand doesn't even know what the right hand does. That means you don't go broadcast it. It's not about how much you give. It's not about who knows what you... God knows. If your intent is to get the praise of men, well, maybe you'll get that, but that's about all you'll get. If your intent is to praise and honor God, do it quietly. Don't let people see. Don't do it to be seen. 
And God will honor that. There's a difference in identical acts of benevolence. And the difference is the heart. We need to be careful that what we do is done with the right motive. And I I think I told you this when I was coming down, maybe last fall, maybe the first time I ever spoke here, but... um, when I first graduated from Freed Hardeman, I, I went to, we preached at a place in West Virginia for about five years. And it was wintertime, and there were a lot of widow ladies, and it was snowing. And I got up one morning, and I said to Kim, I'm going to go shovel the walks of all the widow ladies. And so I got up early, and I got that done before any of them got up. And then the next day was Sunday, and you should have heard the buzz at church. Who shoveled my yard? I got up this morning. My yard had been shoveled, my my sidewalk. And one of the ladies said, mine too. You're kidding me. Somebody came and shoveled mine. What did you say? Somebody shoveled? They shoveled mine too. And there was all all these ladies were talking about. And it nearly killed me not to say, ladies, that was me. You know, the credit goes right here. It nearly killed me. I wanted credit. God sees why you do what you do. Are you doing it to get credit, praise, self-adoration, or are you doing it because there is good that needs to be done? There's a difference, even though the action may look the same. Another area is disappointment and suffering. I can witness a Christian as well as a non-Christian. And I can witness and watch them suffer identically. I can see them suffer from the same ailments. But there's a great difference. And I can see those ailments even take their life. But there is a difference. Even though on the outside what I see is identical, there's a great difference. And I'm thankful for this. You see, the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 8 and verse 28, for we know, Paul assumes we know this, for we know that all things work together for good to those who love God and who are called according to His purpose. That doesn't say that everything that's going to happen to me if I love God is going to be good. There are bad things that happen to good people. Job is a case study in that. But what it does say is that God can bring purpose and meaning and redeem and a, a situation that doesn't look like it can be redeemed. I'm glad that God can make good of what is bad. I'm glad that my life is not at the whim of circumstances and events. I'm glad to know that the God I serve is powerful enough to take whatever it is that comes in my way and crosses my path. And he can can shape that and work that and make it ultimately work for good. The Bible makes some great promises to the child of God. There are things that may cross my path that may take my life uh, earlier than I would have liked to have gone. I think the longer we live, the more desirous we are of exiting this world and going on to be with the Lord. John said, Lord, come quickly. But John was on 
the island of Patmos as an exile. That's a far different cry than one who might be 20 years old and his whole life is ahead of him and he hasn't experienced many things in life that God intended to be good. And he may not be so eager to leave this world and to go on to heaven just because of their station, their position in life. I understand that there are differences there, but I am so glad to know that God can make purpose and good from what I just don't like. The Bible tells us in Revelation 21 and verse 4 that heaven, that home of those who are faithful to God, will be a place where there will be no more tears, no more sorrow, no more death and dying. All those things will be passed away. That, that's good news. I'm glad to know that. The Apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17, that this light affliction, and I wouldn't have called it light, but Paul did, Paul talked about his light affliction was working for him a far exceeding weight of glory. There's purpose. There's meaning. I don't like it now, but I know what it's doing for me. God can make good from this. The the terrible tragedy that I see in the lives of so many people. Have you met people who have just had such a difficult time, and nothing goes their way. I mean, they, they exist in poverty, and, and every day is just a struggle, not for plans, for the, just for survival. Look at how so many people, we are so blessed in this nation, but then you look at people who don't have the blessings that we have, and you see how they suffer, and you see how they've been sick, and you see how they die. And that's, that's a terrible thing. But what is worse is the contemplation of the fact that it's bad enough to have to endure it here for a little while. But to miss out on heaven forever, boy, that's awful. There are people who suffer in this world, but their suffering hasn't even begun. I'm thankful to God that there is discernment. There's a difference in the suffering of a child of God and in one who is lost. We may go through the same things in life. We may feel the same pains and we may experience the same heartaches. But for the child of God, it's just temporary. And we have heaven. For the one who has rejected Christ, their trouble just begins. There's another area in which things look the same, but really they're different, and that's in the area of sin. I can witness Christians as well as non-Christians that they sin. They commit the very same things. I know of Christians who will commit the very same sins that non-Christians will commit. But again, there is a difference. How so? Sin is sin, isn't it? Well, yeah, sin is sin in the respect that you'll lose your soul if you sin and don't repent of it. But here's the difference between a child of God and a child of the world. The child of God will sin. Just because you get baptized and you come up out of that water and all your past sins are forgiven, that doesn't mean you'll never sin again. You may, by the end of that day, go back and do something that you used to do as a non-Christian that you shouldn't do. 
Here's the difference. When you become a child of God, sin no longer has dominion over you. Romans chapter uh, chapter 7, or chapter 6 and verse 17, 14, excuse me, I'll get it out. Romans 6, 14, for the child of God, Sin no longer has dominion. It doesn't mean that you'll sometimes stumble, uh, that you won't ever do that again. You'll never sin again. No, you'll sin and you'll stumble and through weakness and sometimes through ignorance, you'll, you'll make mistakes, but they're out of character now. It's not about who you are. It's an, it's an out of character. It's a mistake now. It's not deliberate. For the, for the person in the world who sins, they have no remedy for forgiveness. It's just another sin piled on a stack of sins that they're bearing, and they'll have to stand and give account to for God. For the child of God who sins, it's, a, it's out of character. And when I ask God to forgive me, it's forgiven, and, and that sin is removed from my life. 1 John chapter 1 tells us that we've all sinned, and if you say that you have it, you're not telling the truth. But here's the difference between a Christian sinner and a, a non-Christian sinning. Chapter 2, verse 1. John said, don't sin. Do not sin. But if you do, you have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. You have somebody who can take care of that, and there is a remedy for that sin, a forgiveness that is there for you. And so I can witness two people sinning, a Christian and a non-Christian. I can say, well, there's no difference. There's no difference in Christians and non-Christians. They do the same things. Well, there is a difference, though it may not meet the eye. It has to do with the, the forgiveness that we have that cannot be seen with the eye. There's another difference in understanding. Let's look at that. I can witness two people who don't understand the very same passage, but there's a difference in that. God doesn't look at them the same. I can see people who took pick up the Bible and they just cannot understand a certain thing, and I can find two people that can't understand the same passage. But God views them differently. There are people who, because of... Well, it's not that they're unwilling. It's that they're unable to understand. And there are some people who are unwilling to understand the Word of God. In the Bible, you can turn to Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 8 and read of those who are unwilling. Their, their heart has been darkened. They've walked in sin and they are past the point of feeling. They, they have just turned a deaf ear to everything that God said. And they're out there and they cannot understand the Word of God because of the, the choices that they've made in life. They're unwilling but that's a far cry from a person who's willing but just unable. Paul talks about some, well, the Corinthians who were still babes. And Jesus even said to his apostles in John chapter 16 that right before he left, he said, you know, there are so many things that I'd still like to tell you, but I can't because you're unable to bear it. Not unwilling, just unable. The understanding of people may be different in this auditorium. 
but some may be excused while others may be condemned. Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 12 says that for some, there's a time when you ought to be teachers, and yet you still have need of people to teach you the fundamentals of the, the faith. There are people here maybe this morning who haven't been a Christian all that long, and they're learning, and they don't understand many things that other people sitting in the pew next to them do understand. That's all right. You don't, that, that's fine. That's where you're supposed to be. You don't just wake up some morning and God just kind of puts that all in you. you, you it's a growth process, and it takes time. And, and I'm just glad you're here and you're on the journey of learning more. But there may be someone else here that doesn't know the very same thing. And the reason they don't know it is because they haven't asserted themselves. They haven't tried. They haven't picked up their Bible. They haven't studied. They've been a Christian for years. We might see it as being in the same place. God sees it very differently. And then finally, there's a difference maybe even in religion itself. You can look at religion and you can see things done. And uh, just the other day I had somebody ask me, a, a lady here in Carn said, What's the difference between you and another group? They, they seem to be so similar. You all teach this and this and this, and so do they. To her, she couldn't see any distinction between the two religious groups. But there is. And I'm reminded of 1 Kings chapter 12. Jeroboam. In the Old Testament, there was a time when Israel divided southern kingdoms and the northern kingdoms, and Jeroboam didn't want the men in the north to go back down to the south to worship at Jerusalem where they were supposed to worship according to the commandment of God because if they went back and met all their brothers down there, they might just reconcile and he might just lose his nation. And so he said, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll make a religion up here that mimics that religion down there. They had a place of worship. They had a priesthood. They had feast days. They had, it looked a lot like what they had always done. But it wasn't the same. It was man-made rather than God-ordained. And it was unacceptable to God. They were doing many of the same things. They were worshiping God in many of the same ways. But it wasn't the same. In Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 through 23, Jesus said that there will be people in the day of judgment. Get this. I want you to understand this. This is not a passage about necessarily denominationalism. This is a passage about us sitting right here, every one of us. He said in that passage that not everyone that says unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter in the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. And many will say unto him that day, Lord, have we not done many mighty works in your name? Have we not cast out demons in your name? Have we not prophesied in your name? And Jesus will say, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who work lawlessness or iniquity. How can Jesus tell people who lived their lives and called him Lord and, and lived their lives doing religious things in his name, how can he tell them I don't know you. Depart from me. It all gets down to doing the will of God, doesn't it? There's some people that look religious and holy, 
But Jesus says, I'll turn them away. It doesn't take us long to look at the Pharisees of the first century and we see a, a religious people that whose heart was far from the heart of God. We understand it when we see it in their lives. I'm not so sure we understand it when we see it in our own lives. Let's be aware of the difference between right and wrong, truth and error. Let's be a people of discernment to realize that some things that look the same aren't always the same, that there are differences, and there are differences that matter. Through a study of God's Word and an application of that Word to our lives, we'll be able to discern the difference in things that look very similar. And in a moment, we're going to sing a song of encouragement. As that song is sung, I want you to take a good look at your life and understand that God sees more than what we see. The fact that you're here today, that's a good thing. But it may not meet the criteria that God has in mind. He may see beyond just the action and look at, to your, look at your heart, look at the way you lived this past week, look at the things that you said to your family this past week or your workplace. There are things that we see and we say, oh, this is good. But God sees a little deeper and He may be able to see some things that aren't so good. Listen, if you're here this morning and you've not yet obeyed the gospel of Christ, why don't you do that? We serve a loving God who's willing to save and there's no reason we should leave here lost. If you have not yet turned from your sin, if you believe that Jesus is God's Son, then why don't you come forward, confess your faith, and be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins. If you've already done that, but there are things in your life that, well, God knows, God knows. Make it right. Come clean. God sees every secret thing. We, we can't pull one over on Him. If it's not right, He sees it. He knows. So let's come clean. And let's make it right. And let's, with determination... Serve Him more faithfully this week than we have in the past. If you need to respond, won't you come as we stand together and sing?